Welcome to Magic Time. I'm Scott Squires and very pleased to be joined today by the reigning NBLC Coach of the Month for November. This is Joe Salerno. It is great to have you on Magic Time and congratulations on being named Coach of the Month for November. Uh, A nice accolade. Uh, Where were you when you got the call and how'd you feel? Well, thank you very much. First of all, uh, you know, I, 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 it's it's an honor, you know, to receive that that accolade. But I I really do honestly believe that really could, should kind of be like a, a team of the month type award because I mean there's so many so many people that uh, play a huge role in that from the players to training staff, assistant coaches, you know, management, everybody. So, uh, but no, thank you. It was nice. Uh, I was actually uh, we were decorating our Christmas tree, uh, and I, I didn't get a phone call about it. I actually. Uh, I got the NBLC weekly report, which is sent out by the league statistician, uh, Chuck Miller, every week, and I just happened to read it. So uh, it was nice. It was a, a nice nice surprise. Very nice indeed. And I know that uh, all of us that are involved in and around the team uh, were very happy and pleased to see that. And I think the, the general consensus was well-deserved, but it is well-deserved, Coach. And again, Congratulations. Such a great start to the team. Now, before we talk about this past weekend, you mentioned the Christmas tree. I got to tell you, the picture that you took with your lovely family out in the snow-covered woods, cutting down the Christmas tree, it was eerily reminiscent of a scene from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with Audrey and uh, the Griswolds and, of course, uh, the young Griswold boy and, and mom and dad. And uh, <laughs> I actually put a, I put a picture comment on the Facebook post saying that it was it was kind of reminding me of that. But how neat was that to go out and cut down your own tree? Yeah, no, listen, I, I'm telling you, Scott, I am like the, the new Clark Griswold. I mean, in the summer, we pack up the car and we go on these family vacations and uh, cutting down the Christmas tree. I mean, that, that's a tradition we, we do every year. I've, I've been doing it, uh, well, really, since I was a kid. Um you know, it was nice. My mother was here actually visiting as well for the weekend, and, and she was able to go out and, and find a Christmas tree with us and cut it down. And, you know, it's, it's funny, though, because one of the things I probably enjoy least in life is actually putting up the Christmas tree, <laughs> right, in the living room. And, and I, I told my neighbor, I, I said, you know, it's all fun and games going and picking out your Christmas tree. <clears throat> Ten minutes from now, I'll be covered in sweat and tree sap, and I'll be screaming at everybody in my house, you know? So <laughs> it's... uh it's a pretty fun, uh, fun thing. And, and my wife gives me a lot of grief about it every year. Cause I get, I get pretty worked up, but, uh, no, it was good. Tree came out great. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was a nice, nice afternoon to go find a tree. So you'll have to forgive me if going forward, I call you Clark and I call your lovely wife, Ellen. And then I call the kids, uh, Rusty and Audrey, cause <laughs> it might be hard to avoid that coach. Yeah. We're, we are the new age Griswold. There's no, <laughs> no question about it. And that's okay. That's uh, it's good stuff. Now, in the picture, though, did I did I see young Cameron? Because I know the, the young lad does a lot of stuff, but did he have the saw in his hand? Yeah, probably. I mean, we, we normally try to keep sharp objects out of Cam's hands for the most <laughs> part. But, uh, I mean, he's a little boy, right? He's all a little boy, and if he sees a saw or a power tool, or I mean, he's all over it. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure he was trimming the tree a little bit with a, <laughs> with a hand saw. Well, listen, all kidding aside, it was a beautiful photo of you and your family uh, out in the snow-covered woods getting the tree. And then the uh, after picture with the tree all up and decorated looked wonderful as well. So maybe National Lampoon will have to do another version, but they'll call it uh, the Salerno's Family Christmas. How's that? <laughs> That'd be great. All right. So 
Down to business. Uh, part of that 7-0 and start for the Moncton Magic uh, were a couple of games this past weekend. Uh, first of all, you guys played Cape Breton on Friday night, uh, a team that always plays you guys tough, literally and figuratively. But a 102-89 victory. Uh, the big night from the big man, Nick Evans, he went off for 25 points, 11 boards. And in that game, Coach, uh, a big night for your starters as they scored 86 of your 102. Uh, what were kind of the thoughts post-mortem after you guys got together as a coaching staff and broke down the film on that? Um, you know, I mean, it, was, it was pretty good. I mean, certainly, again, very pleased uh, with how we performed defensively. You know, I mean, we're, we've are we been holding teams, uh, you know, it's right around that 90, 95-point mark. So I thought we were good defensively. Uh, you know, Nick stepped up and had a big game. Um, you know, Billy, Billy was in a little bit of foul trouble. Of course, Billy had the injured wrist as well. Uh, so for Nick to step up and bring kind of that interior scoring, that certainly was uh, was big for us. Um, you know, as far as our, our starters, you know, kind of doing the, the lion's share of the work that night, I mean, it, again, it's kind of just how our team goes. You, you really kind of never know who's going to have the big night. Some nights it's the bench, some nights it's the starters. Um, you know, but I was just I was pleased to, to get a win, you know, continue to protect home court and, you know, certainly against a, a pretty tough Cape Breton team. And then you had to turn around the next night and play the St. John's Edge, a team that you knew, Coach, was going to be coming in looking to exact a little bit of revenge on the Moncton Magic after you guys had gone over to Mile One Center the previous weekend and took both games against the Edge. As you and I talked in the podcast last week, the Edge didn't have another opponent all week, so they were breaking down film on you guys and prepping. And it turned out to be a real kind of down-in-the-trenches kind of, you know, down and dirty, 80-75 victory. A uh, couple of low-scoring quarters in that one. The second quarter, St. John's outscored you guys 16-14, only 30 points total. And then in the fourth quarter, it really got kind of locked down. Uh, you guys took the fourth quarter 19-15, just 34 points. Uh, Billy White with that injured left wrist, he had a big night, 18 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. Corey Allman checked back into the lineup for the first time since his injury. He had, he hit a couple of big threes to get you guys going. And Denzel Taylor, doing what Denzel Taylor does, the minister of defense, taking a couple of big charges down the stretch late. But, Coach, 80-75, the lowest scoring game for you guys this season. Uh, your takeaways and thoughts on that victory over the edge. Um, well, my takeaway is I was very pleased to come out of there with a, with a win, you know, the way that we shot the basketball. We, we certainly had our worst shooting performance of the, of the season. Um, you know, the edge certainly made some adjustments. They played well defensively also. Um, but for, for us, for our team to hold that St. John's edge team to 75 points, um, you know, I think speaks volumes of what our guys are capable of. Um, that's really difficult to do <laughs> in this league. It's extremely difficult to do. So, you know, again, we keep saying, you know, hang the hat on the defensive end. And I think we are doing that. I think when we can defend in that nature, you know, you're, you can afford to have an off shooting night offensively. And, and we certainly did that night. Um, so that game was going to be difficult no matter what, you know, we, we expended so much energy playing Cape Breton, you know, less than 24 hours before, you just knew it was going to be difficult for our team mentally, physically, emotionally. It was going to be a tough game to get through. And, and the guys grinded it out, and, and they got a win. And, um, you know, I, hey, I'm just as happy with, a, with an 80-75 win as I would be, you know, 115-110. to 110. Um, A win's a win. And, and, you know, that's what we're about this year. And 
we're just about doing whatever it takes to win games. And we certainly did that on, on Saturday night. So was very pleased with it. And, you know, you talk about Denzel Taylor. Um, Denzel was certainly my, my player of the game. You know, he was just huge. And he was just exhausted, you know. And, it, and he came up with those big plays late on the defensive end. And, um, you know, he's just uh, he's as tough as they come in this league. And uh, we just love having him here. And you talk about the important thing, getting the Ws. I think I made a reference in the broadcast uh, on Saturday, uh, a hockey reference, but it still kind of applies. Wayne Gretzky, one time when asked about his goals, he said, they don't ask you how, they ask you how many. And right now it's the same thing with the wins. And I know it's seven games in, but Dave Tingling, my broadcast partner, and I have taught coach about a, a just how many ways this Moncton Magic team seems to be able to win games. High scoring, free flowing, uh, low scoring defensive battles, and I know that you referenced it last week. But again, maybe just a couple of comments about just how versatile this team is to be able to adapt to almost any situation. Yeah, like, you know, like I mentioned, I think last week. I mean, certainly more versatile than than I had expected or anticipated, and and that's a that's a great thing to have. Um, you know, those last few timeouts in that game, you know, I I, I kind of let loose and, and just kind of almost through the uh, the whiteboard out, right, and, and just kind of say, hey, God, we're going to do whatever it takes to, to win this game. Like, you, you, we're going to do whatever it takes. And that, that was the theme. That's all that really mattered. And it didn't matter if it was pretty or ugly or um, let's leave it all out there and make sure we come up with a victory. So, you know, the guys responded, and, and uh, that's a great thing to have. So team has showed a lot of versatility. Uh, we've had a tough schedule. These are not easy opponents we've been playing. Um and we haven't had a full lineup, right? So even though we're 7-0, and we've had a lot of adversity uh, through the start of the season. And, you know, I'm just I'm proud of the way the guys have handled it. And they're putting winning first. Um, and I think championship caliber teams do that. Well, there is no question about it. You guys are 7-0. and uh, That is a record for not only the Moncton Magic franchise, but any pro basketball franchise in Moncton. You're getting close to the all-time National Basketball League of Canada record of 11-0, but I know that's not on your mind. It's a game at a time. And before we move on, Coach, and talk about what's coming up this weekend, basketball is a game of players of a lot of different sizes, but obviously you see players who are big, who are tall, lengthy, whatever you want to say. I had a chance on Saturday night to see probably the tallest person I've ever seen in person. I was trying to go back and think if I've any, ever seen anyone taller. But the big man from India, Satnam Singh, seven foot two, just a massive human being. And I wanted to ask you, Coach, uh, who's the biggest, tallest player that you've ever either seen on the floor or that you've coached? Um, you know, our recent trip to China, um, a, a, a gentleman who plays for the um, the CBA team, uh, the uh, Sturgeons, who we played against uh, over in China. Uh, he was seven foot five and he was about 340 pounds. Uh, he was the biggest guy I've, I've ever seen or coached against uh, on the court. I mean, he was just massive. There was actually a picture that floated around after our China trip of him uh, kind of defending Anthony Cox. You know, it was about six foot nine, 230 pounds or so. And, and I mean, Anthony just looked tiny <laughs> compared to this guy. He was just a massive human as well but uh, the biggest player I've ever coached I had a, a guy named Jared Carter uh my first year in the NBL Canada he actually played at the University of Kentucky uh he was seven foot two he was about 280 pounds um he had a size 20 shoe 
he was just a, a really big guy. He, I had him for uh, for a full season. So no, certainly some big guys. Sadnam Singh is is absolutely you know right up there with some of the biggest I've ever seen on the basketball court in person. Um, you know, but it's uh, it's fun, right? I mean, you get to see these people, and pretty remarkable. You know what Sadnam can do. Uh, you know, at his size and to be in the physical shape that he's in, um, it really is remarkable. Well, it really is, and we'll talk about a, another big man uh, that you guys have a little bit later on in the podcast. And I, I measured my hands up against this guy, and I've been in therapy ever since, but that's a story for another day. Coming up this weekend, December 9th is your next game, so you basically have roughly a week off to game plan for the Halifax Hurricanes in Halifax. And, Coach, you've had good success against the Hurricanes in the early part of the season, but kind of a different-looking squad uh, you know, after they got off to that slow start, they made a couple of roster moves. They bought in Gabe Freeman, uh, who had been released just a couple of days earlier by the St. John's Edge. They got Ramel Brown back in the lineup, and uh, they've been playing well lately. They've won four in a row. Uh, what's your game plan this week? What things are you working on? And uh, what are some keys as you look ahead to Halifax this weekend? Yeah, much different team that we'll see this weekend than we saw the first couple games of the season. Um you know, and I think those were, were certainly the right pieces to bring in, uh, Ramil Brown and Gabe Freeman. And also, you know, Robinson Oduk Opong, uh, a new Canadian shooting guard they brought in uh, as a pretty quality player. So, you know, for us, it really is this week preparing for Halifax. Um, you know, we need to clean up some things on our end, on the offensive end, which we're, we're working on, spent a lot of time on uh, today in practice. Uh, you know, really Thursday, Friday is, is kind of solely geared towards Halifax and preparing for them and and what they want to do. You know, they obviously have some, some very dangerous players on that team. You know, Joel Kendrick, obviously Gabe Freeman, uh, you know, Tyron Watson. And, um, you know, so for us, it, it's it's a combination of us just playing better basketball, you know, on the offensive end, playing with a little more urgency, playing with a little more pace. You know, I thought we were very lackadaisical and complacent uh, on the offensive end against uh, the edge on Saturday. So, you know, working on that. But then, obviously, making some adjustments to our plan um, from what we might have had the first time we played Halifax. Um, you know, Gabe is a very versatile player. He can do a lot of things. He's obviously playing very well right now. So we certainly have to be prepared for him. Um, you know, but I like our matchups. I like the way we match up against this Halifax team with the, the players we have. So, um, you know, we'll be prepared for Sunday's game. And as you talk about wanting to clean some things up, sometimes that sounds funny when a team is 7-0, but coaches, that's what they've got to do, right? You've got to find things that you got to kind of polish or iron out or whatever. Something that Dave Tingley and I talked about on uh, the broadcast this weekend was that it seemed that the Moncton Magic weren't overly comfortable at the free throw line. You were getting to the line, but percentages from the free throw line may not be where the team wants them to be. I don't know if that's necessarily something you can coach up or repair or fix, but is that something that you guys have been talking about and, and maybe have the players been talking about a little bit and working on things to, to do a little better from the line? Because you guys are going to get your chances from the free throw line. Yeah, no, we've really struggled uh, from the free throw line. You know, the free throw shooting, when it comes to coaching, I mean, it, it's almost kind of one of the seventh wonders of the, you know, athletic world. I mean, it's a funny thing. Um, you know, the guys up there on his own and, and certainly guys have, you know, mechanics when it comes to shooting and, you know, these guys have been doing this their whole life. Uh, they've been shooting free throws and, you know, for us, I mean, we've struggled. There's, there's no real reason, rhyme or reason for why we're shooting the way we are from the free throw line. 
um, you know, we did talk actually right at the end of practice today, really kind of a stern talking like, Hey guys, you know, if we're really serious about <clears throat> being a championship caliber team, you know, you guys have to get in here on your own time. You know, we have a lot of access to gym time. You know, we have assistants that can come in and work with guys. We have a shooting gun. We have all these, these tools. And, you know, I just talked to the guys about taking more advantage of that. You know, if you're struggling from the free throw line lately, you know, get in here and, and make, make 200 a week, you know, on top of practice. Um, you know, and that's just, I guess, you know, telling our guys, we need to go a little bit above and beyond um, than, than kind of what we're doing right now. You know, free throw shooting is a thing that you can never simulate what it is in a game. Um, you know, so it's it's difficult to spend, or a lot of coaches would call it wasting time in practice shooting free throws because you just can't simulate it. Um, you know, and it really comes down to just that guy being mentally tough and, and knocking down shots. So it's it's really something we're urging our guys to, to get a lot more shots on their own during the week and, and just be focused and, and know how important those free throws are at the end of a game. So hopefully we'll, we'll start seeing a steady improvement, but we certainly are aware of of where we are trending probably right around dead last, I would imagine, in the NBL Canada when it comes to free throw shooting. And, and that could come back to bite us. Uh, so we'll certainly look to improve on it. Well, you talk about, you know, as a group and as a team, needing to go to another level and take it up a notch. That kind of makes me think of the fact that when a team is going well and when a team is streaking like you guys are, undefeated at 7-0, all of a sudden, not only are teams wanting to win, but you're finding that you're getting the best and then some from your opponent as they almost specifically target in on the magic. They might say, Hey, you know what? If we only win one game this month, let's make it against those magic. Let's, let's end that streak. Let's be the streak buster. How much conversation is going on? You know, not that you want to put any more stock in any other team than at any other time, but you know, teams are going to be stepping it up and giving you their best every night. How much discussion is there either amongst the coaches with the players or amongst the players themselves to kind of be aware of that, that every night, regardless of where a team is in the standings, you're getting their best? Yeah, we, we talk about it because I think it, it, you know, tries to keep things in perspective for guys and, and it tries to help us stay sharp. You know, it, it's really not talk about, oh, trying to, you know, break a league record for wins to start. It's nothing like that. It's, it's exactly what you're saying, understanding that um, you are going to get everybody's best shot. And I think this weekend – is is a prime example of, of, of just that. I mean, Halifax has been the dominant team uh, on this side of the league for three, four years now. Um, you know, we went into the building and, and we beat them on opening night. Um, you know, we beat them twice this year. They've won four games in a row. They've added some great pieces. They're really starting to play good basketball. So they're feeling confident. And, you know, they're certainly probably feeling confident and, and uh, are probably putting a little extra on this game this weekend. So I, I like the fact our guys are aware of that, you know, they understand we have to be that much sharper this week in practice and, and understand, you know, we really need to play well to get a win down at Scotiabank center uh, this weekend. So we're aware, um, you know, but I think, I think we're up for a challenge. You know, we're, we're trying to play with a little bit of that edge. Like if you guys want it, come and get it, you know, type attitude. Um, that's the, the kind of line we want to walk. The other thing that this team has shown is uh, an ability to be able to kind of coach one another. And by that, I mean, look, you've got a very good coaching staff, obviously. You gave credit to them uh, when we were talking about you getting the Coach of the Month award and, and a very good group on the bench. But this team, and we've seen it, Dave and I calling games courtside, it might be Billy talking to Denzel. It might be Corey talking to Isaiah Tate. It might be Isaiah Tate talking to Cordell Jaunty, on and on and on. 
which leads me to the basketball IQ of this team. It's something we've talked about all year, but it seems to permeate up and down this lineup. What do you see, Coach, when you look at the basketball IQ of the players on this team from a veteran like a, a Corey Almond all the way down to a rookie like uh, Gentry Thomas? I think it's high. You know, I think it's, it's probably one of the higher IQ teams that I've had um, in the league, you know, since I've been here. And, you know, the nice thing is, is, is that they're not afraid to kind of relay those messages to each other. And for the most part, we take it in stride. You know, the, the guys take it in stride. We all, we do talk a lot about, Hey, you know, let's, let's hold each other accountable. Uh, let's make sure our, our criticism is constructive, you know, and, and make sure that our guys, you know, your teammate can benefit from what you're telling them. You know, those are important things. Um, and we do have guys, I mean, Doug Herring is one of the smarter guys I've ever coached when it comes to playing basketball. You know, uh, Jahi has a high IQ. Corey obviously does. Um, you know, those are perfect guys for a guy like Gentry to learn under, you know, and we were just talking about Gentry today, myself and, uh, and coach Mims. And I mean, his talent is through the roof. I mean, Gentry is an extremely talented player. And right now he's going through a little bit of a learning curve with the pace of the game and, and he's seeing things, but he may be hesitant or he may question it. And, um, you know, getting feedback from guys like Corey and Doug and, and, and those type players, that's huge. I mean, it's a great opportunity for him. Um, you know, Eddie's in the same situation with guys like, like Cordell and Billy White. You know, they can really learn from those guys. So I, I do think we have a pretty high IQ. Um, you know, I think for us right now, we just need to, to play with some more consistency, play with some more urgency, you know, not have any take any plays off. And you'll see that IQ kind of shine through when we're, we're playing with uh, our best effort forward. Well, you talk about IQ. Uh, I referenced the big man earlier. You've added uh, Chad Postumus, and I did check with Chad, so that is how you say his last name. He hasn't played a game yet, but he's on the roster and hoping to get into game action soon. 6'11", 270 coach. Uh, he went to a couple of different post-secondary, but something that stood out to me, talking about basketball IQ and IQ in general, when he was at Howard College in Texas, he was named the All-Academic All-American, and he was on the Dean's List with a 4.0 grade point average. Good gravy. But what does Chad bring to this team, and why did you want to bring him in? Yeah, Chad, Chad is a smart guy. I mean, there's no no question about it. Um, you know, we obviously wanted to to make sure, you know, we, we had another center, you know, a true center, a big body, you know, a guy who can set screens, a guy who can finish around the rim, you know, a guy who can rebound. I mean, Chad, Chad really has all the tools to be one of the best rebounders in the league. You know, he has such a, a wide frame and he's got big shoulders and, you know, he's a tough guy to move around down there. Um, you know, I think in college, actually at Moorhead State in his senior year, he led the entire country NCAA Division One in rebounding. So he's certainly a guy that can rebound the ball and um, he just fills a hole, you know, that, that we certainly needed to fill um, when it comes to just the overall balance of our team. Know, having another five here uh, in the lineup. So, you know, he's been recovering from a, from a hip surgery, you know, that he had this summer. Um, his physio plan has been going great. You know, we've been really been checking with him over the last month and a half. And, you know, now that he's been here, he's going to be finishing his, his rehab program with John Gonzalez and, and Ali Manship. And, uh, you know, we're expecting to see Chad in the lineup, you know, as early as this coming week, um, you know, which would be great. So certainly looking forward to having him uh, 100% ready to go. Definitely a big body in the lineup. And when I got to meet him for the first time the other day, I said, humor me for a sec, Chad, put your hand up, buddy. I want to put a picture on my Instagram story. And uh, 
His hand, when I put my hand up against his, I lost it for a minute. I didn't think I was going to get it back because it kind of got swallowed in his. But massive hands, which, hey, great for a big guy in the middle, right, Coach? Yeah, definitely. I and mean, he does. I mean, he, he is a, a big guy, no question about it. Um, and he does. He has huge hands. I'd be interested to see who has bigger hands, him or, or Gentry Thomas. Gentry, uh, he gets a lot of comments. He's kind of got Kawhi Leonard-type hands. Um <laughs> But, yeah, no, big hands are great. I mean, you'd be surprised how many actually more deflections uh, just another inch or two on your fingers would would give you over the course of a season. So um, now it's he's got great size. And, and, again, like you mentioned, he has the IQ to go with it. Well, next time in Moncton, uh, when you guys play uh, next week, I'm going to have to do the handoff with uh, Gentry and Chad. Also, just interesting before we move on, you talk about the degrees of separation in the sporting world and basketball no different. The first game ever for Chad Posthumus in the National Basketball League of Canada. It was just a little over three years ago, October 1st, 2015. He was playing for the Mississauga Power was Chad, and he played versus the old Moncton NBLC franchise. And uh, he put up 34 points and 22 rebounds. So I'm sure in his first game for the Magic Coach, you'd take some similar production from Chad, I'm guessing? I would certainly take it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like like I mentioned to you, I um, Mississauga was was kind of doing the East Coast swing, and and they were actually playing us the next night. And I had read, you know, this is of course when I was was coaching on the island. Uh, you know, they had just added this six eleven center, this Canadian center, and I I wasn't familiar with him at all. And I said, well, I'm gonna have to drive over tonight and and scout the game and take a look at him and. When I walk out of the building, I'm, I'm just kind of shaking my head and I'm saying, this guy just had 34 points and 22 rebounds. What are we going to do tomorrow night? Right. It was, <laughs> it certainly was a, it was a great inf- first impression, but also a, a very bad one. It was a long drive home trying to figure out what the heck we were going to do. Um, but we got the win the next night. So it was, it was all good, but no, Chad, uh, Chad has the ability to, to go for, for big games. The coach's memories always kind of blow my mind, uh, even though you got the win. Do you remember what Chad put up against you that night? I think Chad was like 24 and 16. Uh, he <laughs> still had a big game. I do remember, though, they had a they had a great shooter, uh, Omar Strong, who, who led the league in three-point field goals that year. And uh, at the time, he set the league record against us. He, he knocked down 11 threes uh, in that game against us. He was 11 for 15 from the three-point line. Uh, he went for I think 42 points, so yeah. No, it was uh, it was a big game by Omar too. So, but uh, hey, a win's a win, right? That's right. It's all about the W's. And again, just the memory on coaches, man. It it never ceases to amaze me. Okay, a couple of guys that played on the weekend, but they were game time decisions, especially on Saturday. Corey Almond and Billy White. They both played. They both contributed in different levels. But again, when you've got a few days off, sometimes things can seize up a little bit or kind of regress a little bit. What are the updates uh, on Corey, first of all, and then on Billy? Yeah, and you know, both those guys deserve a lot of credit because, um, you know, Corey really wasn't quite 100%. Um, I really wasn't planning on using him uh, at all that weekend in, in the edge game. And, and you know, we felt a struggling offensively that game. We need to get Corey in there. And he came out and knocked some shots down and uh you know billy you know obviously he had the, the hand injury the day before the uh cape Breton game in practice and i mean he really had no business playing uh in those two games based on the you know how his hand was but he was determined he said coach i'm gonna i'm gonna tape it up i'm gonna go i'll, I'll give you whatever i have and 
and um, so tough, couple of tough guys right there. But um, you know, both guys are 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 good. You know, Corey practiced today, uh, had a bit of a full practice. Um, Billy actually wasn't in practice today. He had to have a, a tooth pulled uh, this morning, so uh, we gave him the, the day off. Uh, he's home resting today, but uh, he'll be back in the gym tomorrow. So both those guys look good, and you know, I'm excited because I think this may be the first time. Uh, really all season um, on Sunday in Halifax that we could see, you know, Jahi, Corey, Billy, uh, you know, of course, with the rest of the guys all in the lineup at the same time. We really haven't had that uh, this season, uh, not not full at 100%. So it's exciting. Yeah, you guys have not had the full complement uh, of your roster at any given time yet through that 7-0 and streak. So very exciting indeed to get everybody on the floor, hopefully on uh, Sunday against the uh, Hurricanes in Halifax. And coach, you know, what a stretch it has been for you. I know you're all about the team. You're all about, you know, your staff and the organization. But my goodness, a undefeated start to the season. Uh, you are the reigning coach of the month for November. And you got a win on Saturday, which was your actual birthday so what's the last kind of little bit uh, of this run been like for you, Coach? Have you had a run like this in your recent memory of your career that you can remember, you know, winning streaks, birthdays, uh, Coach of the Month, all that? No, I don't think so. No, I, I don't. It's been it's been nice. It's been a, been a great weekend. Um, you know, it was nice, too. Like I mentioned, my, my mother was here visiting uh, from Vermont as well to, to take in the games and celebrate my birthday, and uh, that, that was nice. Um you know, it was, it was, it was great. Um, you know, the guys actually, the magic and the players and staff kind of all surprised me with a, with a birthday cake in the locker room after the game. And the players sang me probably the worst rendition of happy birthday you could possibly imagine, but I certainly appreciated the effort. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty comical, but no, so it, it was good, man. It was a, it was a great, uh, great weekend. Um, certainly most pleased with, with getting a couple more wins at home. Um, you know, which was big for us, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of all come together nicely over the, the last week. And, um, I'm kind of excited to be honest, to just kind of stay focused on one thing now. And that's, that's the hurricanes, which is, you know, coming up. So, but it's been good. It's been a very, very nice week. Now, wait a minute, coach. I see videos from the Moncton magic to do with almost everything. We've got Eddie Asamoa doing tours of the locker room. We've got John <laughs> Gonzalez with videos on the floor at Mile One Center. We've got almost everything else under the sun. Where is the video of this team version of Happy Birthday, Coach? It's got to be out there. Where is it? You know what? I think I actually saw it. I think my wife, because uh, my wife and children were, were there in the locker room. I think she actually has it. I think she posted it on her Instagram account. Um but again, it was kind of by surprise, and I, I you know, I didn't see many guys with their phones out. Maybe they knew they were going to be singing, <laughs> and they wanted no recorded evidence of of that. Which, after I heard heard it, I, I didn't blame them. Um, but I think, yeah, I do think there's some video of it on on, uh, on my wife's IG account. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, like I said, man, it was it was great. Though. It was it was a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling to know. You know the players wanted to celebrate with you and uh, and, and the Magic staff and uh, organization as a whole. So, really, really enjoyed it. Well, there's the issue. I'm not following Ellen Griswold on Instagram. There's my first mistake. <laughs> she might get upset if you keep calling her that, Scott. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I do not want that at all. Well, there's a reason that I'm single <laughs> at my age, but that's a story again for another day. 
Um, we'll just wrap it up with this, Coach. You know, you mentioned what the team did for you with the cake and singing happy, happy birthday afterwards, but it was kind of neat. On Saturday night, uh, Dave Tingley and I, my broadcast partner, we were out having a bite, and actually uh, the team uh, came and, and were spending a little bit of time with you for your birthday Saturday evening. Dave and I got to horn in on that and be a part of it. But I mention all that because I kind of want to finish up keeping the theme going about what kind of group this is. And you can be talented on paper. You can have great basketball IQ, all of those other things. But in a team sport like this, it's so important to have a group that gets along together off the court and kind of are still pulling for one another, even when they're not in the gym or at the arena. And I got to see it firsthand Saturday night. You know, I was kind of eavesdropping and watching a little bit, but just the way the players were interacting with one another, going over plays that had happened in the game earlier, talking about other things in their lives, talking about the holidays coming up. It was just really nice. From a coaching perspective, what are you seeing from this group away from the arena? Yeah, I'm seeing more of the same. I mean, I I think it is a group that gets along. Um, You know, it's we did have the opportunity for, for some of these guys to meet each other prior to camp. You know, a lot of these guys knew each other from just being veterans of the league, playing against each other, or at some other point, maybe they were on the same team in their career. Uh, but it's it's a it's a good group of guys. I mean, there really isn't any unselfish guys or or guys that are kind of you know about them. You know, they're about the team. They they really are kind of committed to you know if the team does well, you know, me personally in in my own career, you know, I'll, I'll be doing well. So uh, it's a good group, man. They're 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 fun to be around. Um, you know, there's no, there's no issues or kind of egos or, or stuff like that, which, which really makes coaching all that much, much more enjoyable. And, you know, I, I've learned over, over my time. I mean, I, you know, you always talk about players improving. I mean, coaches need to be improving all the time as well. And, and I've certainly learned over the last couple of years to, you know, try to, try to make, you know, for a better atmosphere, you know, around your players. It can't just always be, you know, drill, 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 and, and, you know, grind these guys down to, to nothing, you know, you have to be able to enjoy yourselves a little bit. You have to, to be loose a little bit and, and kind of lighten up and, um, you know, play some jokes on each other and, and just, just, you know, have a good time. And, and I've learned that I've, I've think I've improved on that a lot as a coach over the last probably two years. Um, you know, it's something I valued a little bit more and, and how I address the players and, and what I think is important for a team to, to be a good team. So hopefully, you know, you're seeing some of that rub off and, um, you know, the guys can kind of enjoy each other, you know, a little bit more. Now, obviously, at the same time, Scott, everything's great when you're winning, um, you know, so it can certainly make for, for a better atmosphere. Uh, but it is a good group of guys and it's certainly been a, a nice group to coach thus far during the season. Well, listen, Coach, uh, again, thank you so much for your time. It's always great to have a chat with you. Uh, happy birthday again. Congratulations on being named Coach of the Month for November. And, of course, congratulations on the great start. Good luck this weekend. Keep it going in Halifax, Coach. Okay, thanks a lot, Scott. We'll talk to you soon. Indeed we will, sir. Thanks very much. That's Coach Joe Salerno of the Moncton Magic. Well, what a stretch it has been for Coach Joe and the Magic. He celebrated a birthday Team is undefeated at 7-0, a franchise best start. They have the coach of the month in Joe Salerno, and they're off to Halifax this weekend to keep on streaking. 
And if you're in or around the Halifax area this weekend, head on down to Scotiabank Center and support your Moncton Magic on the road. If not, you can check out the MonctonMagic.ca and get the link to the live stream with my good pal Vince Williams. My friends, thank you so much for tuning in to Magic Time today. I'm Scott Squires. And remember, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.